Welcome to the Financial Life Podcast with me, Ben Robel. This is episode nine. Thanks for tuning in. As all of you are probably aware, one of the great things about technology is it gives us the ability to pivot quickly and in real time. And so instead of continuing down the line with what we've been working on, which is coming, we're going to spend some time this week talking about a new development in the business world that I think is relevant to our conversation. Intuit, which purchased Mint, a the sort of original budgeting app back in 2009, announced that they will be shutting the service down in January of 2024. When they purchased Mint from its founder in 2009, they paid about $170 million. And the numbers that I'm seeing from the New York Times and other media outlets indicate that when the purchase was made, Mint had about 1.5 million users, and the number in 2021 is about 3.6 million. So you can imagine that for $170 million, doubling the business over the course of almost 20 years is probably not the result that Intuit was looking for. I think the second thing to think about is that Intuit bought this because it was a budgeting app and fit within their model. But remember that lots of companies put these pieces together to try to cross-sell products. So you may not know the name Intuit off the top of your head, but they build TurboTax, which is, I believe, the most popular tax preparation software in the United States. And they also have Credit Karma. It's interesting. We don't have exactly specific numbers for Mint right now because a few years ago, Intuit rolled Mint into Credit Karma. And so those numbers got mixed together. To me, the real challenge here is two things. The first one is for Intuit, trying to hold on to these 3.6 million monthly active users. They're going to build some of the Mint functionality into Credit Karma, but it sounds like they're not going to be able to do everything that Mint users particularly value. Specifically, this is a question of setting budgets and identifying and categorizing transactions. These are features that have become fairly standard in the industry over the last five. Is something a subscription? Is it a one-time purchase? What kind of organization is it? Is it a restaurant? Is it a hardware store? Is it a grocery store, et cetera? Uh, is something that almost everybody has been trying to. I think the second question to address is who's out there and who's going to benefit the most. There's two parts to this answer, in my view. The first one is there are a lot of companies in this world. A few of them have been around for a while, like Simplify and Pocket Guard and You Need a Budget or YNAB. Those are sort of established players in the market. But I would also add that even in the last two or three years, a number of really interesting companies have come online that are a little bit more advanced in their technology interface. Uh, they can rely on Plaid or Stripe, for example, whereas Mint had to build the infrastructure to access your financial information. Now you can sign up to these sort of financial infrastructure companies that will connect those things for you. But I think the second thing or the second part to this answer is that, unfortunately, this is a part of the finance world that's really begging for innovation. There are a lot of companies that are available for Mint users to switch to, and many of them have built a bigger, faster, stronger version of Mint. But that doesn't mean that this category has really been addressed in the way that it needs to be. Budgeting is a 
tough topic because it's a fairly tedious task that usually has to be done by the person, by the what we would call in finance the principal. There are not a ton of wealth management companies out there that necessarily tap into Mint to get that information. So I've been in a lot of meetings and you ask somebody how much they spend and they don't know. And that's because they don't use a service like Mint because sitting around and budgeting and doing it accurately and doing it consistently is difficult, just like everything else in financial services when it comes to the personal side of things. To me, there's a lot of room to improve. So we'll spend some time this week talking about this acquisition in a little bit more detail. We'll talk about the functions and features that are important, and we may even dig into a couple of the competitors in more detail. The good news is that Intuit has given its Mint users plenty of time to determine what they're going to do next, almost two and a half months. And so that gives us some time to digest what's out there. I hope you'll stay tuned for the discussion this week, and we'll also make sure we keep getting our originally scheduled content up as well. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.